on, y'all? This is your girl, Brie Undeniably, checking in for another episode of my new speaker series, Deep Conversations with Dope Individuals, where we're discussing development, decision-making, and dedicating yourself to purpose. Uh, I am here with a super dope individual, as I always am. I get so excited to introduce them. But first, I'm trying to be more... Um, structured in making sure I give my shout outs at the beginning of the podcast because they're important. I get super excited and then I forget about them at the end. So here we go. Um, first and foremost, shout out to Gotham Podcast Studio. If you're watching this on YouTube um, or if you're just listening to the audio, you hear how crisp and clear it is. That is because I am recording from Gotham. Um, they're awesome. I love them. I love the space. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the space I'm in. Um, so shout out to Gotham. Also, a big shout out to MC Kicks. That's at E-M-C-E-E-K-I-C-K-S. Though I'm not wearing any MC Kicks apparel right now, they are always hooking it up for me, always giving me different merch to wear um, and to rock around town. They also always um, are showing me a ton of support. I want to make sure I support them. So you can find them at E-M-C-E-E-K-I-C-K-S on Instagram and basically um, any other uh, social source and their website as well. Um, okay, those are my two shout outs for today. Sometimes I have more, but that's all I got for today. Um, so let's get into it. I am here with my super dope individual for the day, Kathy Perez. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I, I'm just always happy to meet new people. So thanks for having me. It's so great to have you here. Um, all right, so I am going to give you the introduction that you deserve, and then we're going to uh, get right into it. So Kathy Perez always had a passion for health and fitness, being organized and sharing her curiosity for life to anyone who would listen. After many years in the corporate arena supporting others with administrative and HR tasks, Kathy got the nerve and the calling to find to finally become a health coach. She's a certified healthy eating and weight loss coach, a certified yoga instructor, and the 159th worldwide certified KonMari, I want to make sure I said that right, KonMari Organizing Consultant. Thank you. So Kathy now helps women create healthy relationships with anxiety and stress with healthy habits that she took over 20 years to learn and hone to walk harmoniously with her own anxiety disorder. Kathy, welcome to the show. I am so pleased again, Brian, and thank you again for having me. It's, it's just a, it's when I read all about you, um, it was just so, I just thought there was just a, a, a synergy there. And I really appreciate what you're doing for your community. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for that too. Um, I found that, um, you know, it's almost like the speaker series is taking on its own form. I was just speaking with a guest about that as well. And I love it because, uh, you know, for me, so much of my practice in counseling, I've really um, focused on personal and professional development. And that's really where I've taken a lot of my business is in those two aspects. So when I started putting together the speaker series, um, I knew I kind of wanted it to be in that space, but I just think it's so cool to really kind of take a back seat and listen to how others have used their own personal and professional development to sort of lead them through life and get to where they're at. So um, it's so awesome, especially when I have guests, you know, who might find me through whatever source you find me from and, you know, kind of kind of feel that drive as well. So we're so happy to have you on. Um, so as I 
like to really start um, my podcasts in the counseling community. We like to meet our clients where they're at. Uh, basically, just helps us get to know them more. I like to do the same for my podcast guests um, so listeners can understand a little bit more about you. So help us meet you where you're at and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Absolutely. No, thanks so much for the wonderful introduction. Mm -hmm. So basically, I will say this. I've probably been nervous since my birth. <laughs> okay. And I say that only because bless my mommy in heaven. Um, she, she said I was in a rush even to be born. And she blamed me for the rest of my living life that I messed up her back because I didn't give her a chance. To, she was not um, supposedly centered on the table, the labor table when she had me. I was like, I guess coming so fast that she didn't have time to get straight. Oh, Long story short, I came out just you know, as fast as can be. And I've never slowed down, so to speak. But um, I saw that as being, you know, actually a good thing, right? I mean, always wanting to go, go, go. So anyway, fast forward a little bit more. And I can honestly say that I, I probably did deal with anxiety on some level since I was, you know, a child, actually. Mm -hmm. And I remember, actually, my first episode was when I was, I would say, like, my uh, preteen years, like mm -hmm. eighth grade. And I remember that so well, I have a photographic memory. So that's why I think anxiety even plays out a little bit heavier in my life because I remember everything so photogenically. And so wow. I remember I was at a concert, um, a small concert, but I literally had to get away from the crowd and it was outdoors. So like the crowd was here by the stage and I literally had to take myself out and like into the parking area because I was like, it was just too much. It was, it was um, too much stimulation. Right. So right. long story. Um, I go through my life and I think maybe this is just normal, right? Like whatever normal is. And I also am a Latina. So in my culture, there is no such thing as mental health. You know, just to be honest, there's no such thing as going to counseling. You just work through life. Right. Life is life and you work through it. Mm -hmm. So pretty much that's what I was taught. You just push through, push through, and you just put your nose to the grinder and just get through it. And that was okay because I was very driven. I've always had an inner motivation about life. And, and even at that young age, well, at that young age, unfortunately, I also developed an eating disorder. But funny enough, because of that eating disorder, I also got more interested into health and fitness, hmm. even that, at that early age. So I mean, it's been a long journey. And um, all the while, not realizing what anxiety can do or what it was even. And so... Um, fast forward a lot and I have had what 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 could probably be considered anxiety episodes and not know what they were and then finally um just to speed it up a little in 2001 I had moved away from my state I was in a, a new state and I was on my own finally and I was around like 25 26 and I was experiencing you know basically what it is to be an adult for the first time on my own, not anyone to fall back on, so to speak. I did have relatives, but only a few in that state. And it was my dream. I wanted to go there. And so in 2001, um, it's interesting because that was actually right around, in fact, I know it was um, around the time of September 11, 2001. Mm -hmm. And all of these different scenarios, all this different baggage that had accumulated over the years culminated in that last, the week after September 11th, in me, uh, yeah, September 11th, um, ending up twice um, in the ER. 
for an anxiety episode. Wow. Um, and the first one wasn't so bad. Um, but it, you know, I didn't think anything of it. But the second one was a doozy, and it knocked me on my like literally, it knocked me down. I ended up getting vertigo. I was all alone in my apartment. I, I had to call the ambulance. They took me, and it was interesting because then I experienced insomnia. And anyone here who has dealt with insomnia knows how horrible that is. And for almost like two weeks, it was almost impossible for me to sleep. And so that started what became then my journey to realize, okay, there's something not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something is definitely not going normal here. And so despite what might have been fears and so forth, I was like, there's something different about me. And I get to figure out what it is. I get help. Like that was my first understanding of getting help. And so I sought out counseling. So I totally, um, therapy, anyone, even if there's nothing wrong with you, go to therapy. It's very true. So it's very true. I, I just adore anyone who's willing to put themselves in a position where they're going to be that third party listening in and helping me get through something. And so my, my therapist, I, uh, so very grateful for them, um, went for two and a half, almost two years. And, uh, you know, that then set me on a better journey, right? And then I realized, okay, there's a name for what's going on in my head and there's ways that I can, you know, go about still living. So didn't have the best mindset, so to speak, I think, even though I was, you know, seeking out support. So I go through life and I'm still, you know, living alone. And then here and there would have um, my moments, so to speak, those Mm -hmm. panic episodes. And then, um, unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I did move back home, which is awesome. And... Funny enough, even though I was seeking out more health um, health um, support because I was having some other issues, and all the while, always had a lot of interest. Like, again, I was burning out health and fitness facts to anyone who would listen to me, but yet I didn't have any certifications. I never thought that I was worthy and knowledgeable enough to ever be a leader in the health and fitness arena. Mm. So I never did anything with that. So then... Um, come back home. I think everything's groovy. Um, and in 2012, even though I was already under the care of a naturopathic doctor in 2010, I started with her for my anxiety, believe it or not. I was thinking, okay, things aren't right. I need some more help. So sought her out in 2012. Then in 2012, thinking everything was cool, I had what so far has been my last anxiety episode, but it, it was not fun. And on the floor, crumbled up in the fetal position, crying, totally exhausted, you know, anyone who's been to that knows what it feels like. Um, it was interesting because very, very softly, but very audibly, I, I just said out loud, I will do everything I can to not let this happen again. And it was a very prime moment because it was almost like that disclaimer or that, that exclamation of what I wanted told the universe, she gets to figure out what's going on. So the universe finally answered me. And then from 2012 on, I really delved into health and fitness. Again, just for myself, never thinking about getting certified, never thinking I was worthy enough to do so. Like, what do I have to offer anyone? Even though I've been in the gym since I was in college, ever since, you know, I can remember I've been walking like with older people, just getting in my health and fitness dose, right? So then um, that's pretty much what started me on this journey. And then Thank goodness I've, I've gotten better and better. And then finally, I had a wonderful health coach. Finally got um, a fitness coach to help me reach my goals. And in, through there, 
literally through their um, belief in me, because they even said when they first met me, you would be a great health coach. I'm like, who am I? So that is where that led. So now that's how I got here. (laughs) So I don't know if that helps you out to move forward. Absolutely. Thank you. First and foremost, thank you so much for sharing your story um, and the pieces that you have shared, because I know no matter um, what anyone has been through, what you have been through, it is you always can still feel a little piece of reliving it when you retell it. So um, I know that there there is a lot of power behind what you just said and um, definitely appreciative that you were able to share with us. So thank you for that. Um, so I, I mean, there there's so much here to, to talk about. <laughs> there is a lot that we can go into. Um, so I, I mean, first and foremost, I kind of – I. I do want to talk about um, sort of the control that maybe the anxiety had over you up until that that defining moment in 2012. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So I guess I, I don't even want to lead lead into it. I just want to kind of hear what what you have to say from there. Absolutely, um, and, and it was so funny. Everyone, I told her I don't talk a lot, so let me know if you need to, to cut me short. <laughs> and I said, I don't talk a lot. Um, so I definitely know that, um, it showed up in how I spent my time mm-hmm. rushing Okay. from moment to moment. I was never at rest. So it was like that fight or flight was telling me, well, you can't ever stop and just slow down because that's not possible. Like there's something else that gets to be done, whether that's for my career, whether that's for just you know, trying to live up to the expectations of, you know, I was the only one who ever wanted to move away from, from my home. And ever since I was like 10 years old, I knew I'm going to move. And I, I did fulfill my dream of um, working, becoming a cast member with the Walt Disney Company. But awesome. it came at a cost because that anxiety of being a perfectionist at the time, now I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, what that did was I had such a hard drive, but it never let me allow, it never allowed me to just calm down. So my my system literally I think has been on fire since I was, you know, 10 years old almost, right? Yeah. And it's interesting because how it showed up was I was just never able to sit still and enjoy a moment. Hmm. Never like I always found solace in reading and I love reading. But even then I could find myself in those quiet moments wanting to hurry up. And then when it came to dealing with scenarios and people and and in the whether it's the work environment or especially with my own family, I was always so short and very direct with no need to be like there was just no resting. So that's the best way that I can explain why my brain was always constantly moving. And then when it came that my brain told me, I'm done, I can't do this anymore. It was that moment, even before, um, you know, I would probably say, in between the time that I, um, it was a long span, but I know that when I got to that crumbling moment, mm-hmm. um, what they call the breakdown, I guess you could say, even then I knew going leading up to it, I could tell months before, I just was not letting my body rest. And so my mind was never at rest mm-hmm. because I just never took the time to settle and say, I'm okay being me. I am okay just being. I was never being. I was just always I get to do this next thing because that's what society wants. So that's what it's expected of me, or at least 
That was my perception. So for me, it was a matter of I never slowed down. And eventually my brain was like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. So I'm just going to make you slow down <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much what it felt like is this continuum of go, go, go. Wow. So, I, I mean, you're you're pointing out so much here that I just think is so interesting the way that it might have all um, tied together. But there, there's first this like not being able to slow down piece um, for whatever, you know, whatever it might have been that was either, you know, pushing you that way, you know, whether it was it could have been a drive to succeed. It could have been a drive not to fail. It could have, you know, it like you said, it was like a fight or flight type response that was constant for you. So there was something that was just burning behind you constantly, but it was it I arguably could have been more hurtful than helpful, even though at the time maybe it felt like it was helpful, like you were getting things done. Absolutely. And I'm sorry I there might have been some noise that's why I totally um, okay. Um, it's interesting because it, what you say is quite, um, I've always been, a mo I've been internally motivated for my life. Mm -hmm. I'm just a doer. I'm a doer. And unfortunately I took that to the level again, because I'm a recovering perfectionist, yes. meaning that back in the day, everything had to be perfect. And that took my anxiety to the point where literally I would shake when I was trying to perfect something mm. and it would put my brain in this like why can't you get this right let's do this you know like there was never time for me to just say this is enough I am enough and it's funny because ultimately you know and I had to go through a lot of, I've been through, <laughs> been through a lot so I went through a lot of personal development just this last um, year and it comes down to this am I loved am I worthy and enough and am I safe? Those three questions never, ever seem to have been met. Now, I, I know I'm loved, but in the sense that I felt I am not worthy. That was probably and still is the biggest um, like quandrum or what do you want to call it? Like that is the big um, my where my anxiety comes from. Mm -hmm. Am I enough? Am I worthy? Wow. Even still. Sure. There, man, and and what a what a really large and really scary question to have to continue uh, to to check in, and then to probably not be answering the way that you wish that you could answer, or at least for for so for such a long period of time. Um, you're speaking to something that I know so 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 many listeners. Uh, can really benefit from. So, uh, you know, thank you for your vulnerability there because, man, that am I worthy question, that can that can creep in and, and break you down completely. That, you know, it can come in like a wrecking ball. And if you if you do not offer yourself the, the grace and understanding um, to give yourself the answer, yes, I am worthy, which we are all worthy, you know, come, but it's, it's so difficult often to reassure that to yourself. Um, so that man, that, that is a, that I'm trying to think of like 
such a large word and I can't think of it right now because it, it really is. That's a behemoth. Is that a, <laughs> that is a <laughs> giant question to be asking yourself constantly. Um, and it, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, that's like a perpetual cycle, that anxiety comes from that question and then that question comes from that anxiety and then you're stuck in a loop. Um, and, you know, until, until you were, until you had that moment where you had, you had to be with yourself and say, I'm making a change. I can't, I cannot be stuck in this cycle anymore. I need to make a change. And all the while you had it in you to begin with and you were doing incredible things. You just didn't, you know, uh, maybe get those certifications right away or do, you know, but you did have this, you know, this health trajectory that you were also on, um, which seems like it could have, you know, it kind of came into your life in a really important time as well. It absolutely did. And it's interesting because, again, I've always been interested in health and fitness. It's my passion. Yeah. But early on, even I was in the gym every single day in college mm -hmm. when I first got into gym and I had a, I had my first PT or personal trainer show me how to use all the equipment. And I remember being so excited. I'm like, I'm going to hit this place every day. And I did. But every time I went to it, because back then I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. So I started the boot camp kids. I was in the, the boot camp phases when they first started, right? Got it. Okay. But I had, and I had the most amazing instructors. And every time I ever thought to myself, I was always in the back of the aerobics class or in the boot camp. Mm -hmm. And everyone would always tell me, even the instructors, you're so good at this. You have so much energy. You always give me hundred percent. Every time I looked at them in the front, I was like, I can't do that. Every single day, every single time, even though the one the instructor I love the most, she's a still a friend of mine. She would tell me, you would have so much fun. I would love to have you be a co-coach or what? I always told myself, I'm not good enough. They have so much more going for them. And it was interesting because I also then used the excuse, again, because fear, right? Mm -hmm. I want to play it safe. I kept telling myself, if I went and tried to become some type of a personal trainer, get into health and fitness, even if it was just on a side gig, it one would deter me from my career. No, it wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. But two, it would mean that I would be leveraging my passion and then I would resent it. Wow. wow. And that thought right there kept me for 25 years from wow. doing what I thought would be really fun. The the way that you just described that, I actually don't know that I have had uh, had this conversation with someone before. And I'm so appreciative for you bringing that to the table to, to you know, have a thought so strong about your passion not becoming your whole world because you could be resentful of it. That is something, you know, I feel like you just, you, you flipped the script, obviously, you know, with, <laughs> with what we have discussed, it's understandable where, uh, flipping that script would come from. Uh, but such an interesting perspective to, um, it's almost as if, you know, you you decided what the outcome would be, even though you, you didn't know what the outcome would be, but you you decided that it wouldn't be an outcome that was comfortable enough for you to 
push into, aka fear held you back from it. Uh, <laughs> wow, man, that is uh, that again. That's that's something that it's like you, you don't even think about how something in our lives, like anxiety or whatever it might be, can have such a stronghold on us. And I do, um, you know, so much work in limiting beliefs and fixed limitations. And that's something that, you know, I I give talks about. I have workshops on it. I, I do it day in and day out. And I really love pushing into that space and talking about that space. But it is so interesting that there are so many other variables that can come into play, um, you know, that that are – beyond or seemingly beyond our control in those moments. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so you were stuck for, you said, 25 years. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, you know, a tiny bit of me, ever since I stepped into that gym for the first time, told me that would be so fun to spend time here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the more, the only option I ever gave myself was, well, maybe I could be like one of the people that works in the front desk. Hmm. Maybe I could be like an administrator, but I never, I didn't even go that far because again, fear right. and my anxiety of thinking it's going to take me away from what society believes I should do, hmm. not what I want to do. Or, I mean, again, I, I did follow what I wanted to do, but it was still in that corporate arena, right. what was acceptable. Right. And then funny enough, when I finally, so I, I told you that I ended up with a wonderful health coach mm-hmm. and they're still my coach. I love them to death, but I, I finally got to the point where I was like, if I'm having so much fun with my own health and, and learning how to be a better version of me, how is it that I don't want to give this gift to someone else? Like if I'm internally motivated, which is not normal, why don't I share that? And then it, I finally, finally stole my coach's belief in me. I keep stealing it. And even when they told me, when they first met me, you would make a great health coach, I brushed it off. And then finally, when I realized that I was going to never live out what I really was passionate about, I was like, wait a minute, this is ridiculous. And I went through the fear. My anxiety finally sit, took a back seat. I was like, I will run through this fear because I would rather die from not trying than to think fear held me back finally after all these years of living it. So I wanted to be an example to myself, but I also wanted to be an example for everyone else who I love and who always knew I loved health and fitness, but I just never used it in a way that was going to help others. So when you decide that you're going to serve others, that's when you'll go past the fear. And so that's what finally drove me. And then in three years, I accumulated three different certificates. (laughs) But, you know, I love the way that you put that because it's so crazy that we can make these such definitive decisions for ourselves that don't serve ourselves or others. And then you kind of see that perspective and you're like, wait a second, hold on. Why would I not like if if I have the rest of my life to live in my two paths to live it are doing something that I truly 
enjoy doing or doing something that's peripheral to to what I could be doing, you know, it it's like we that fear, that fear piece can make so many people decide to take the peripheral peripheral path because it's less vulnerable, it's less scary, it's safer, it provides what we think we want or need when in reality that stepping outside of your comfort zone, that jumping into the vulnerability, that really leaning into the fear piece actually brings something out of us that we didn't know we need and we didn't know we had. And all of a sudden we become, you know, fearless leaders of others. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm definitely um, a, a faith driven person. Mm-hmm. And so, so is my coach. And I've always been willing to share about my faith. You know, again, I'll share anything yes. with anyone. But what was interesting is that it was through, again, my coaches, faith in me that I finally realized, oh my gosh, all this time, God has probably been telling me, I keep screwing up in all these different places, but yet the one place that I love the most, I refuse to go to. So it was almost like I had to finally realize, perhaps could it be that I have this passion? (laughs) Possibly because God wanted me to speak to others with their the intention of showing God's grace through me for others means yes. I am going to go glorify God simply through the act of serving others never did I think about it that way I, because I was internally in my head always about me 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 but mm-hmm. once I realized wait a minute I can help another woman not go through what I did for 25 plus years yes how could I be so selfish as not to at least give it a go. And that's why I I got here. Yeah. And you know, there's a few pieces I want to touch on. One, the fact that, you know, for you, this transition really was in the serving others piece, the helping others. That was kind of where the switch flipped for you um, in some capacity. And I think that is that is really incredible as uh, so many of my listeners know, you know, and we spoke on purpose and we're going to speak more on purpose, but my definition of purpose is when passion meets people. Or, you know, people can also be the environment or animals or, you know, when your passion goes outside of who you are is really the equation for purpose in my mind and, and, you know, how I have framed it in my world. And I love that, um, you know, that that people piece or that serving others. And for you, it it is um, very intertwined in your religion and spirituality, which rightfully so it makes so much sense that you know this service to others is like this piece that like this is what you were on this earth to do you know this is why you were placed here by your creator is this be able to serve others so um i just love how how that piece right there sort of became your 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 power moment or that your power feeling that you know wait, I can do what I love and help other people. And why would I say no to that? Um, the the other piece that I really love that you uh, mentioned a couple times is this borrowing or stealing um, someone else's confidence in you or someone else's, um, you know, 
view of, you know, how awesome you are or how, you know, how incredible you are. Uh, I think that that there's so much power in that because um, sometimes we 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 always need people. We need others uh, in in our lives in our world. But specifically, when it comes to um, development as a human being, whether it be personally or professionally, sometimes we need to borrow. We need someone else to have that confidence in us to show us that someone else is seeing it. That it that it actually does exist. That it is out there. Um, so I just love how you said, I think you said you stole it from your coach or <laughs> I, I still do. <laughs> yeah. As you should, you can just steal that every day because they're your coach to be able to offer you that, <laughs> um, that room to, to steal or to borrow. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because again, learning in my culture that again, you just go, you just go, 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 mm-hmm. and you don't feel sorry for yourself whatever happens in life just happens. Right. But it was interesting because once I realized that I get to find help, like that first reaching out to a therapist, that was unheard of. Like mm-hmm. I didn't tell my family for almost a year and a half what was going on. I mean, yeah. that was like devastating. I was like, I can't tell anyone. This. Right. And then when I finally reached out, I was like, wow, that's a lot easier than being in my head. So then I, little by little over all the years, I finally realized it takes a village. And mm-hmm. so asking for support is nothing more than being human mm-hmm. because we were not meant to be solo as we all found out very harshly the last two years. Um, but it's interesting to know that what people perceive as weakness is really strength when right. you're willing to be vulnerable. And that's what it took when I finally let the guard down and let God speak through me. And I said, wait a minute, if I'm passionate about something, then it's not hurtful to anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm only wanting to serve. When I realized that it's not about me, that my, I was given a gift, if you want to call it, of encouragement. But because I let anxiety keep that fear inside me so much, it depleted mm-hmm. any desire to want to share that um, gift. So as an encourager, as my, my coach calls me, I was given this gift of encouragement and by golly, only until I was willing to accept that I could give the encouragement, was I able to stretch and finally say, yes, God, I am worthy to share your message. I'm the encourager you want me to be. I love that. And, you know, from, from the few interactions that we have and just from the story that you're telling, like, I can see that gift in you as well, that encourager, just that you have just an... Uh, an aura about you that is positive and inviting and encouraging. And I, um, you know, it's coming through the screen. It came through in our pre-interview as well. So uh, your your coach is spot on. It's a great coach you have here <laughs> who is also, uh, you know, we're, we're so thankful for your coach because your coach has gotten you to uh, step out and, and be authentically and unapologetically you, which I think is a beautiful thing as well. Um, before we kind of move in to your coaching now, um, I actually, I, I just want to point out one more thing that I think, um, you brought in and I, and it's important for me to touch on and that's that cultural piece. Um, because I, you know, and I want to just, just highlight it because, um, 
for me, when I was in grad school as a counselor, um, one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest pieces that everything in uh, our counseling practices were um, layered into was the um, it being um, us becoming multicultural counselors and really mm-hmm. un- having cultural competencies. Um, and with that understanding was really, you know, it, it's not it's not about me knowing everything about every culture. It was um, in becoming a counselor, understanding that um, there are cultural boundaries that are not, um, or you know, cultural pieces that can be considered boundaries, even if they're not uh, physical boundaries. Um, in the same way, you know, there there's a lot of not not rules, but there's just a lot of um, un you know unspoken things that you can be born into um, with your culture, and then especially as a child or someone who might not know differently or who who only is taught one thing, you follow that one thing. Um, and I just, I, I commend you for, for both sides of it, for one, for, um, sticking with what you learned in your culture for, um, because you know, that there's so much intertwined in that, but I also commend you for stepping out of that and realizing that you can still be a valued member of your world and in your space and um, in your culture, even if you don't necessarily adhere to sort of the unwritten rules that are always that, you know, seem to be written in the stars. So I guess that's a, you know, a a long drawn out way to say that there's courage on both sides of that, uh, of that coin. But I know it's something that um, I think people can actually struggle with that piece without even realizing that they're struggling with that piece because it's it, it could still be an unknown to them, you know? So I just uh, – I thank you for for bringing that in because that's that's that can feel like a really tough line to straddle. So um, – Yeah. I, I would also – and thank you for acknowledging that because yeah. – I come to this space knowing that I'm representing Latinas, mm-hmm. but also people of color. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. And it, 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 I never thought of it because, you know, I'm a female, so I'm a feminist. I mean, not that you have to be a female feminist, but I am a feminist. So I only thought of myself as a female, mm-hmm. um, not really discounting my Latina background but simply not acknowledging it because it just didn't seem also important but mm-hmm. then I realized in this journey to help women I'm like wait a minute there is such a stigma not only just in general about mental health or brain health as one yeah. person likes to call it but especially in the different cultures of people of color it's mm-hmm. like not normal mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about this type of stuff even still yeah. and you know little by little society is finally becoming more accepting but in the cultural aspect there is still a ton of phobia against learning more about <laughs> what emotions mean and what what it means to have brain health mm-hmm. so thank you for bringing that up because it is important to me Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, again, I appreciate you speaking on it because it can, it can be tough. It can really be tough when, when, like I said, you're straddling that line. So, um, that, you know, you, you definitely brought an element that I'm, I know my listeners are appreciative of. 
Okay, so I do want to do a, a transition here um, into so we we really got the development piece. We really um, have your backstory and kind of understand you know what it has taken for you to get to where you are. Um, let's talk about where you are because you're doing such cool things uh, that seem so fitting for you and everything that you've gone through. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your practice right now. Oh, thank you. Um, so it, it's definitely been um, fun. I can never say that I've never been motivated to do something. Mm. So when I put my mind to something, I get it done. So back in barely <laughs> 2016 is when I started with my health coach. And I remember very well realizing that that partnership ignited what had been a little bit of a dying uh I guess you could say like I wasn't given my health and my fitness, the, de- the deserved attention it needed. Mm-hmm. And my little soul was like telling me you're not fulfilled. So when I met my coach, it just kind of ignited everything in me. And like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm all about health and fitness now. And so um, even though at that point I was not ready to accept, maybe this is the path I should go. I really got more into it and I started to enjoy myself again. And then, um, funny enough, I learned about um, Marie Kondo, mm. which is oh, the yes. founder and the creator of KonMari organizing, the KonMari method of organizing. And being um, a recovering perfectionist and being an OCD type person, I was like, I want to learn this because this is so fascinating. Well, what I learned from it got me so excited because I realized that it had helped my anxiety. Now I was already going down a good path because I was with my coach already, but I realized I'm like, whoa, this was phenomenal for my anxiety. It just like dropped my anxiety. My maybe it was here before. Let's just say, you know, um, baseline might have been here. It dropped like to the floor after learning how to use this method. Wow. And I thought to myself, that's crazy. <laughs> like that everyone needs to know this, right? I'm thinking, well, who's going to listen to me? I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute. Why don't I start? You know, obviously I wanted to. Um, so I got so excited. I got certified because I wanted to share. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, heck, I could get paid for it. So I didn't actually have necessarily the mindset of, okay, this is all about anxiety. I just wanted people that I thought it was really cool. I'm like, well, hey, and this is a side benefit, helping people with anxiety. But then I realized I'm like, I can't scale that. But more importantly, I was like, this really is quite important. And I've been through my own anxiety at this. I I know what it's like Mm -hmm. to live in this little box of anxiety and to finally see it like coming down, coming down after all these years. I thought there's something here. So then I finally got the courage after getting up. It was like that one certification is all I need. (laughs) So then I was like, I'm on this. I'm like, okay, coach. I'm ready. I'm going to take you up on this. And so I just started, I um, uh, decided to finally get certified as a health coach so that I could like put the skin on it because yeah, it's wonderful in my head. Health is health. It's, that includes your brain and your body. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I wanted, I guess the, the recognition of more people are, let me put it this way. More people are going to resonate with, Oh, I want to maybe lose weight. Or maybe I have some type of, you know, uh, you know, history that I need to fix with my health. Meaning like, you know, 
cardiac disease, maybe I have high blood pressure, you know, whatever it is, whatever the health issue was, I was like, okay, people are more willing to re- uh, address that issue, i.e. a health, uh, bodily issue mm-hmm. versus a brain issue, right? like anxiety. So if I can at least bring forth the health part, physical part, maybe people will listen to me so that they'll learn about that. I love the it. Part that's really, and I'm like, there's a way to do this. And so I said, okay, guess what? That's why I'm going to get certified because I'm going to use what I've learned over all these years of my own anxiety um, journey, package it and use that to help others and specifically women, because I'm a woman and I know what, what women go through. And I'm not saying that a male can't help women, but what I am saying is that I know physiologically what it means to have anxiety all through your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I also dealt with chronic pain because I have scoliosis. So I have all these different, what would seemingly be um, things wrong with me or problematic situations, but I've turned them into a way to reach others and say, guess what? You don't have to be in chronic pain. You definitely can have better a better relationship with anxiety. And so I just kind of package it in such a way that I'm like, you're going to learn that your environment matters, i.e. through organizing, and that's going to then help your anxiety. And then I'm also going to show, show you through now my certification of yoga, how to help your body talk better to your brain yes. so that they're not in competition, but they're working together. So. I absolutely love what you're doing. I mean, I cannot stress enough like you, it's like the trifecta right there, body, brain, environment. And, you know, it's like all three of those go hand in hand with our health and how we are functioning in the world. And they can, they all play a part and, you know, our environment can affect our body and our brain. Our body can affect our brain and our environment. Our brain can affect our body and our environment. Like there's just, they are so interconnected. Um, And I think that it's really, really incredible that you have taken sort of like these three segments of understanding that you've cultivated over your lifetime um, and, and said, there's, there's something powerful here. There's something that, you know, there's a reason why I have gone through the waves that I've gone through to bring sort of these three things full circle to help others. So, so, so wonderful. I mean, I, that, that really, uh, it truly is. It's like I feel like bringing the environment piece in and the organi- organization piece is sort of this missing link that a lot of people don't consider, you know, that environmental piece and how much it can really affect who we are and how we are living. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. interesting because people don't people think of organizing as a very mundane practice of any sort. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that it totally affects. Um, if you're a visual person, or even if you can see peripherally, if something is off around your environment, your brain isn't thinking of what you're doing Mm -hmm. at the moment. It's looking at the peripheral because what is it searching for? Am I in danger? Mm -hmm. So you're not going to concentrate. So definitely organization has a place in mental health. (laughs) 100%. And you want to know, I think I, 
I know that I spoke to you about this uh, example in our uh, little pre-interview discussion, but I think it's I think it's really important to bring here, especially for my listeners who know me on a pretty personal level. They they will know that Brianna uh, or Brie uh, through her college years um, always had this pile of clothes in the corner of my room. Everything else had a place, but for whatever reason, I could not shake this pile. I would do, you know, I would do my, I would do laundry and whatever. But the next day, it's like if I was trying on outfits, whatever it was, it would just be like a pile of clothes would just build up in the corner of the room. And it was the only thing that was out of place was the pile. And the pile, my friends will say, oh, we all know about the pile. <laughs> but it is, you know, and in, in, I would say in the past uh, five years of my life or so, I have cleaned up that pile. And I'll, I'm not kidding when I tell you the, I would say like the first week that that pile was like actually gone from my room, it was as if I had cleaned up a pile of clothes in my head. I'm not kidding. It was like, all of a sudden, I had this clarity because there wasn't this like looming grouping of things just festering in the corner of my room. <laughs> it, it, it really was. It was it, it clarity. That that's what it was. And I remember. I actually won't forget that moment because I was like, you know, oh my goodness, this something just happened here like that physical environment space cleaning it out and have putting everything in a place and actually having 100% organization outside of you know in in my living space rather than 90% and not going the you know the extra 10% changed everything <laughs> so i don't doubt it and i think that's wonderful i think that 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 says it all right there <laughs> thank you <laughs> Yeah, use this as as a promo <laughs> because I'm telling you, it it really is. If that's something um, you know that you work with with uh, your clients, it's so true. They all play into each other. Um, okay, so we have made it to the place in the podcast. We're in the last ten minutes here. Um, I definitely want to bring in purpose. Uh, it's the way I like to really kind of um, cap things off and then we'll do a, a fun, quick rapid fire round. But um, purpose is what so much of this podcast is central around. And I just, um, for me, I've just found that everyone I've worked with, including myself personally, both in my personal and professional development, purpose just stands strong in those two spaces, um, which is why I've made it so central to the speaker series. And um, I just think, you know, I I feel it's resonating off of you just in the conversation, um, you know, what what purpose has, you know, fulfilled for you and done for you. But I'd love to just hear sort of your ideas or your thoughts around purpose and what it means to you. And maybe, um, you know, you can recap how that really has played a part in your development. No, I think it's a wonderful question. It's, it's neat to, to have that asked. Um, so what does purpose mean to me? You know, I can honestly say that back in the day, meaning like when I still did not feel like I was worthy enough mm -hmm. um, to ever get into help and fitness for whatever reason, I at least knew that I was a motivated person. Mm -hmm. And 
from that, I was able to accomplish, you know, certain dreams. But it came at almost like a selfishness, meaning that I was driven because I was driven by what I knew people were going to give me accolades for. Mm. And, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But even though I was a faithful person, I never connected the fact that, okay, what I want in life probably would mean more and be more beneficial for me, but also for it could affect others in a positive way. Had I thought about how can I help others mm-hmm. in my process? And again, there's nothing wrong with having dreams. I, I fulfilled what I wanted to. But always knowing that I was a faithful person, I was like, there's got to be more. Mm-hmm. And I never really connect. It sounds funny, but I never connect the fact that, okay, whatever God gave me as gifts, am I using those to serve others? Mm-hmm. Like it never occurred to me. All I wanted to do was I wanted to be a cast member for Walt Disney because that was the coolest thing ever. But how was I serving others? Well, I never really could answer that. So the question never came up in my head. But at the same time, then I wondered why I wasn't feeling as fulfilled as I wanted, right? So once I went through this whole journey, (laughs) and then I connected the fact I'm like, wait a minute, it's taking me this long to realize that I have a gift of encouragement. But I've never used it other than just on a a, to talk to friends or family. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've smiled at people, maybe I've been nice to people, but I've never taken it outside of myself. So when I decided that my purpose was actually to encourage, to help others, help other women. My purpose was such that I realized all this time, my purpose was to be an encourager, but I needed to reach out to others to see how to best serve them. I wasn't best serving people. So for me now, finally, what purpose means to me is that I'm using my God-given gifts to help others share their God-given gifts. Mm. My purpose is to help them shine. And I don't care how that looks. And again, I can still be kind to the stranger, give them a smile. So my purpose is always to encourage. But being very intentional now about it is going to mean that that ripple effect is going to happen a lot sooner, a lot faster. Thank you so much. I love how you said your purpose is to help others live their purpose. That is just, just hearing that, I mean, I get chills thinking about it. It's so cool. So amazing. That is just like, my gosh, that that's the greatest purpose there could be is to help others find it themselves. And what a, what a cool way, um, to have it, you know, framed for you and, and to have it, you know, played out in your world that you get to help others do that. That is, uh, um, truly amazing. And uh, your encouragement is definitely serving in a way um, far beyond what you you might even be able to imagine that I that I can feel certain of. Okay, so we are here uh, finally in our rapid fire round, um, <laughs> the real fun part. <laughs> um, and then I will ask you to just uh, leave us with your final words, let everyone know uh, where they can find you if you choose, and then we'll close it out. Okay, so rapid fire, uh, we talked about three things in the beginning. We have discussed them the whole time. That's development, decision-making, and dedicating yourself to purpose. So rapid fire, just a this and that round. The first one is in regards to development. Currently, in this very moment, are you working more on personal development or professional development? I'm going to actually 
actually say um, professional development right now. Um, I'm currently with my same coach, and he's not only a life coach, a fitness coach, but he is a business coach. So we are in a boot camp right now. So it's really cool. For awesome. three days, we're going at it. <laughs> I love it. So professional development is where, where you're driving on right now. Great. Yeah. Okay. So decision-making. Um, do you make more of your decisions based on choice or guiding voice? Choice meaning... You're a numbers person. You just see it and you go for it. Guiding voice means spirituality, gut feeling, intuition, or something of the sort. Even if it gets me into trouble, I will go with the gut. Definitely. Yep. yep. Guiding voice. <laughs> that that makes based on our conversation that that makes a lot of sense. I don't even know that I that I would I might have called you a liar if you <laughs> if you had said the other one. Just you know, based on the conversation, you have gone with um, you know what has go- guided you spiritually. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last one is on dedication to purpose. Um, this one, I would like to know for you is dedication to purpose a singular moment in time that changes everything or a daily practice that you have to keep pushing towards? I'm going to say the latter. I get to push because it wasn't my natural instinct, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so it's taken so many years to get to that point. So I would definitely say that it's something I'm working on because every time I think about getting smaller, I'm like, wait a minute, I've already expanded. That I, All I can do is keep expanding. So it's definitely a work. In progress. Work in progress. Yep. A, a daily practice. Awesome. Thank you so much. That's the end of our rapid fire round. <laughs> uh, you did great. <laughs> okay. So in the in the final few minutes we have, um, Kathy, the floor is yours to just leave listeners with whatever you would like to leave them with um, and just let everyone know where they can find you. Sure. Well, I want to say I apologize. I should have said your whole name, Brianna. <laughs> oh, no, I go I go by Brie undeniably. That's so oh, okay. Brie, Brianna, whatever you want. Uh, actually, most of my listeners, I called myself Brianna and they're probably like, who's that? <laughs> so Brie is just fine. And really the easiest place to um, find me um, is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a um a free private group called Healthy Habits for Less Anxiety. dot com. Um, if people with females <laughs> want to join, um, they're they're happy to to take take a look. But that's um, my profile is also on um, Kathy Hannah Bettis, um is my handle for Facebook. But that is where I hang out the most. Awesome. So, so thank you. of course, yeah, I will make sure to put all of that in the show notes as well. And any social posts that I make, I'll make sure that your information is there. Um, awesome. Well, uh, Kathy Perez, it has been such an incredible pleasure. I am so sincerely grateful to have had you on the show. Um, you have brought a ton of value to listeners. I know that for sure. And, um, it has been an awesome conversation. Thank you again. Awesome. All right, everyone, as you know, how I end all of my podcasts until next time, let this be the moment.